Welcome to the Self-Care Simplified Podcast, where we talk about self-care, mindfulness, and cultivating a full, nourishing life. I interview women whose lives have been transformed through spirituality, mindfulness, wellness, health, and a focus on overall well-being. I'm your host, Tiffany Williams, and I'm so glad you're here. My hope with this podcast is that you will grow, expand, and feel the energetic support of women across the globe. We are all connected, and it's through this connection that we can rise to our highest selves. This is Self-Care Simplified. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, happy Wednesday. I am recording this on July 5th because I completely underestimated how challenging it would be to record while my kids were home for the summer. So this episode should have come out in June, but it's still relevant and I'm going to spend the whole day recording. So from here on out, every episode comes out right when it should. Um, This episode is with Ashley Sondergaard, who I have loved for so long and she is such a great Instagram follow. She's one of my favorites. She's a self-care astrologer. So using your birth chart to sort of figure out the best self-care practices for you. Um, She's just really good at pulling what she needs or what you need, I should say, from your chart to figure out the best ways for you to take care of yourself, to set your life up. I mean, she just has so much valuable information. So I will link her Instagram in the show notes. You should definitely follow her and enjoy this episode. She's right now about to have a baby. Like any moment now when this episode airs, she could already be here. So if she is, congratulations, Ashley. I'm so excited for you, your third little girl. Um, Okay, enjoy. One of the things I like to start with is hearing about your childhood because this is an alternative path. So how did you get here? What was your upbringing like? What was, you know, your, your roots? Where did you start? Yeah, I never get to talk about my child. I love that. That's exciting. Um, so my dad is a chiropractor and he, when I was growing up, it was, he was always very into sort of non-traditional wellness and health. So I had this like beautiful upbringing. I grew up in a really small town in Minnesota where, I mean, like there's, this is funny. There's this sort of stereotype of where I grew up that this might be even really weird, but <laughs> where people, you, cause you kind of don't leave. It's called, it's called Stearns County syndrome where people don't leave and they tend to like marry each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, it sounds so weird and it's an actual thing. This is a real thing. So it's this very like small town, great place to grow up, really gave me the opportunity to thrive in some of these areas like theater and music yeah. and just like be who I was. But I always sort of felt like a weirdo partially because my dad taught me all these like interesting things about energy and healing and and still with this umbrella of Catholicism because this is a really conservative area so we were all extremely Catholic and it was just this like interesting amalgamation and I think it helped me 
a lot to think in sort of those open boxes, right? And he'd always laugh. He'd always joke like, oh, Ashley, you're, you're such a weirdo. Because I kind of was. I was like reading just these very out there things at a young age. I was really into theater. And like, if you know, theater kids. Was- yeah. So when I went to college, I was just like busting out of my box of like who I wanted to be. And that's really the first time that I started to identify some manifestation and how that worked, right? Like when you're in your light, when you're in your power, you can make anything happen. And my college existence was just the most perfect four years. It was so much fun. I I was like sorority Susie, which was kind of funny because I didn't anticipate that, but I loved it. My now husband was in the fraternity next door. Like we just, it was so ridiculously fun. But after school, like I had this sort of beautiful experience. I was like, okay, so next in line is like you know, we move together, we start, you know, figuring our career path. I was going to study for the LSAT, go get my advanced degrees, like all these things, right? Like then we get our house and we get married and have kids. And I just was like, I don't know that that's what I want. I don't know that like that path is what I really want. And it ultimately led me into practicing yoga really regularly. And yoga was this cool experience where I could make a choice about what I wanted to do that felt best for me. So I got this practice, right. Of like, you know what? I don't want to do a full out chaturanga right now. I just want to like, maybe take a nap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can make that choice. And it felt so liberating and it started to seep into the other things that I was doing in life. And I decided I'm going to start following this path of joy, listening to what I want. And it's not going to be the easy path, but it's definitely it's going to lead me to the right things. And, you know, fast forward, however many years later, now I talk about it all the time, every day. (laughs) Yeah. I love that path. I think a lot of people come down this path from kind of points of trauma or points of difficult times. So they have, they head towards something spiritual, which Mm -hmm. leads them to yoga and mindfulness and, and even astrology, honestly, seeking out an answer to a problem. But you just came to it so naturally from such a peaceful place. And I love that you were young and still recognized that it was powerful because I think a lot of kids in their 20s do go to yoga and do, but they're not able to access the deeper meaning there and a lot of times stop right at the surface level, um, physical side of it. And it's- it's true. And it is kind of a bummer. I mean, the first yoga class that I actually took was, I always tell this funny story that it was an all Britney Spears yoga school yeah. class. And it, I mean, like, this is obviously not yoga. This was like a fitness yeah. class, but it was so fun. And it yeah. showed me again, what that asana, the, the physical practice was, which ultimately led me into all the other limbs. And, you know, I, I needed that gateway in the moment yeah, right? in order to appreciate it. And, and not everybody gets past that initial yeah. <laughs> physical expression and that's fine. Yeah. But you did. I've done yoga like you since I was young and I someday think I would love to like get teacher certified or something yeah. just, just for myself, just to learn more. Um, but one super pivotal yoga class I took. I don't know. Do you have Gold's Gym near you? It's it's like gym in a box, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like that mm-hmm. kind of a gym. 
And I was just going to the yoga class for exercise, not thinking anything spiritual was going to happen. And the woman who ran the class at the end, we were sitting and she's walking us through a guided meditation, which had never happened in a yoga class to me before. And I felt like I was tripping. Like my eyes were closed. I felt warm, colorful light swirling. I mean, it's so hard to even put into words what happened, but I left like, oh, that's what, okay. (laughs) This is kind of like a portal to another thing. I have to explore this more. That was the moment where it became not um, just physical. It was another level. And Oh, I loved it too. So now you're into yoga and you're, you're going down that path. Where does astrology come in? Yeah. Astrology came in a lot later. And I, I mean, it, it felt like such a gift sort of in the moment. So I'd been doing, practicing yoga myself, started doing, um, or I did my first teacher training, did several trainings later, ended up leaving. I was in fundraising arts fundraising at the time, ended up leaving that job to pursue yoga full time. So I was working, I worked for core power yoga for 10 years, um, and ran studios and taught. And it was, it was great. It was just the perfect situation. Ultimately though, when I had my second daughter, Aurora, she, I, she, I call her my spiritual awakening. She's her name means the Dawn Aurora. And we call her Rory. She's a, she's very spicy, but she, when I was pregnant with her and ultimately she arrived, I was really forced to evaluate how much I could reasonably do. And as much as I loved the career path that I was in, I wanted to have more balance so that I could be around with the kids as much as I as felt good to me. It's such mm-hmm. a personal journey, but I still needed something that really filled up my professional cup. And I was good at it. I was good at yoga. I was good at talking about these things and teaching and, and navigating self-care. And so when I started the first iteration of my business, I don't know if you had several iterations of your business, but mine was first called wedded wellness. And it was like private yoga classes for weddings, whether it be like bachelorette parties or like pre-wedding, it was really fun, but it didn't have a lot of legs. And I also didn't feel like I was like wildly passionate about weddings. And so I knew it was time to pivot. And it was about right after COVID started where all of a sudden I realized like I could do a lot of things online. Like, oh, wow. I can teach yoga classes online. I can do coaching online. I had a mentor that started to teach me just some of the the ways to build a business out on, you know, truly in a nomadic way. And at that same time, I started to study my birth chart. I worked with my friend Meredith, who I still work with all the time. I love her. And we, we were putting together self-care and astrology, right? Like I had the self-care and the yoga, the wellness piece, and she would bring in the astrology, but I further study was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is endless. I could study astrology forever and really weave it into all of these other areas and help people figure out who they are, what they like, what they prioritize so that they don't have to have those like painful Saturn returns or like those moments where like, who am I? You know, like we were talking about earlier. So yeah, it's been over two years of formally studying astrology. I'm in 
like a four-year program, which is, I'm just wow. a Capricorn moon. So I'm like somebody who really thrives on a certification. Yeah. Do I think that's like the path to go? Not necessarily. So many amazing astrologers are totally just intuitive. Um, but it's been so fun to combine astrology, again, this like window into who we are and what we value as a part of the wellness, as a part of the well-being, the yoga, the self-care journey. And now that's that's all I do is what I call cosmic self-care. I love it. So since we're talking about self-care and cosmic self-care, if you download your birth chart and you don't know about astrology, confusing. Totally. It, it can have someone say, oh, never mind. I don't even know where to begin. So how would you suggest a person approach astrology? What are the main things they should look at? And, and how do you even go about getting a birth chart? Yeah, it's a great question. It is when you look at these wheels and you look at these things, these charts, you're like, what is this? So I totally get that. So my suggestion is, I mean, you can get your birth chart for free online in so many places. My favorite website to get your birth chart is the astrologer Chani Nicholas's website. She is, she's just such a, she lays things out in this really beautiful way. It's simple. Um, It's also a house system that makes sense to people. So of note, like if you're later down this path, you might be like, oh, that's why that was so clear. So ChaniNicholas.com is her website. You need to have your birth date, location, and exact time. And if you don't have your exact time, um, that's okay. You don't get quite as much of the information. Um, But if you can find your birth certificate or talk to your parents or do some sleuthing to get that, that is ideal because that's what sets your ascendant, your rising sign into motion. So you get your birth information you put it into one of these websites and you're, you see your chart and you're like, cool. And usually there's some sort of description, right? The areas to look at some of the, we call the big three are, are going to be your best bets to navigate again, who you are just in like a quick snapshot, right? Mm-hmm. So that's your son. Your son is your essence. It's your identity. It's who you are at your core or like who you are in the light. I like to think of the moon. And that's who you are, you know, in the dark, the subconscious, this is your dreams. This is who you are. And people get to know you a lot deeper. And then your rising sign and rising sign is important because it's the most personal part of the chart, because it changes every few minutes. When you're looking up your horoscope in some sort of magazine, you're more beneficial to look up your rising sign. Cause again, this is the most personal part of the chart. So your rising sign is how you interact with the world and it's how people perceive you. It's first impressions. What you're looking at when you're looking at a birth chart is a snapshot of the sky, the minute that you were born. Okay. Where was the sun? Okay. Where was the moon? Yeah. And then there's okay. lots of other pieces, but that's kind of like, if I were to start, I would start there. And I think it does help to get just an initial birth chart reading from somebody yeah. to have them explain it to you. Um, but you can totally do it on your own as well. And is your rising, is that also called ascendant? Yes. Okay. Because that's what mine says. Okay. All right. So it's sun, Gemini, ascendant, Capricorn. And then- That's what you're, okay. Yeah, that's me. And then moon is Sagittarius. Ooh, so sun and Gemini, what would you say your rising was? Capricorn. Capricorn rising. 
And then my Sag- Sagittarius. Yeah. Ooh, that's nice and balanced. You got a little air, a little fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I look down below that says the planets in each air, earth, it's very even. When I look at my daughters, she's like all earth or. Oh, really? So I'm excited now. I, when I was, it's, I love that we're having this conversation today because I was just in an astrology class last night. Oh um, yeah. My friend Courtney does this thing called the collective and, and this series, it's like three nights for three weeks. Um, last night she had an astrologer. And so I downloaded my chart, my husband's chart, my daughter's charts, oh my and gosh. I can't wait to just dive into it all. Um, but how would you, so definitely get a reading is probably the, the first step, just so you can kind of get an understanding of what you're looking at. I think, I think a birth chart reading is so helpful because someone explaining to you what you're looking at is, is key, but also what it does is it really, it validates who you are. You're Hmm. a birth chart is a mirror. It just, it's just showing you who you are preconditioning of all the things of life, right? Because your birth chart is set into stone the minute that you're born. And when you can come back and you can see like, Oh, well, let's let's use your chart, for example, right? So if you're a Gemini sun, you know, oh, I'm I'm so interested in learning new things. And I shine when I'm connecting with other people in a social setting about all sorts of different ideas. I mean, I think like the podcast is one of the most Gemini things that you can do. Yeah. And the moon, okay, the moon is where you feel safe. The moon is where you really are able to let down your guard, right? And Sagittarius is the sign of travel, of adventure, of experiencing life, spirituality, of wisdom. And so by literally thinking about the world as something so much bigger than what we sort of put into these little boxes, that makes you feel safe. You know, you're expanding your horizon. So you have this like very large worldview, but when you look at that charter, you have someone explain it to you for the first time. You're like, Oh my gosh, that is who I, I am. That. It's just so validating. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, you can really, really pursue and study your own chart. I think that's the best place to start is just get that initial reading so you understand what you're looking at yeah. and then start studying it on your own. And how do you then kind of shift towards using your chart for self-care, coming up with self-care routines for self-care morning routine. How can you look at your chart and where should you look for inspiration in, in that area? Yeah. So there's lots of placements to look. And we kind of, when I read for people, I kind of pull it all together and bring it into different um, ideas. But as you know, I mean, self-care, quote unquote, like that consumable version of it is so many things. It could be gazillion things. And we look to our neighbors, we look to our friends, we look to Instagram to see like, okay, what should I do? When ultimately it's really inside. We know who we are and what what we value, what's important. So the placements that I like to look at for self-care, there's a few. Um, the sun to see where you draw energy, right? So when you're looking at your sun, your sun sign is a huge part of your chart. It's not everything. There's tons of other pieces of your chart. So you can't just say like, I'm a Capricorn and that's right. That, right? But it does tell you where you draw energy. So things 
you know, looking to the sun to understand your physical practices. So you're a Gem or a Gemini sun. So you know that you draw energy from learning, mm -hmm. from socializing, right? Like those are the practices that bring you energy. And so you want to put those as a part of your, your routine. The moon is going to be that place to look where you can let down your guard, where you can feel safe, where you can do some of these more spiritual introspective practices. So if your moon's in Sagittarius, that's going to look like really some adventurous because Sagittarius is the sign of adventure and travel, some adventurous self-study. I mean, that might be like getting a past life regression yeah. and having someone like take I've you on a journey. Into that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That will feel so good. Right. Yeah. And then Mars is really helpful to look at for motivation. So if you're someone who's like, I just struggle with self-care. I don't have time for it. We look to the sign of Mars to see like, okay, what's the flavor of your Mars? What is it that actually gets you going? Um, my Mars is in Capricorn. So for me, Mars is really about our strategy and or I should say motivation is really about strategy. It's about being able to like mark things off a list. So I have a daily self-care checklist that just is like, boom, these are the things yeah. that I do. And that feels really fulfilling. Yeah. And then the only other one I'll just add in is, is Venus because Venus can tell you what you, what you value, what's important to you. Is it family time? Is it success? Is it money? I mean, these are all great things. It can be any of these things. Yeah. What do you truly value and find beauty and joy and pleasure in? And that can shape again, some of these practices. So lots in there. Yeah. yeah. And what about kind of the, the sky in the moment? Does that play a part for I know when people say, oh, it's my Saturn return or Mercury retrograde, but how do we take all of that into account? Like what's going on right now? Is that yeah. equally as important or like, how should we address that? There's a little bit, they're a little bit different. So when we look at okay. the birth chart, that's static astrology, right? When we, we say, this is who you are, and I'm going to start a a series of practices around who you are, that's going to be the constant, right? That's there. Mm -hmm. But such a good question about obviously the sky is changing all the time. And so we use what's happening in the sky and how it affects our chart to navigate some of those more in the moment practices. So I'll just use, it's a little bit more advanced astrology. So if you're not tracking, don't worry. This You might have to listen to this a few times. Okay. <laughs> So when you're, let's say right now, we've got a, we've got a full moon in Libra on Saturday. When there's a full moon, a full moon is about release, right? It's a big, heavy energy. It's about letting go. It's powerful. It feels good to shed something. It's in the sign of Libra. And if you know the energy of Libra, Libra is about relationships. It's about beauty. It's Venus ruled. It's, it's dummy, right? So, okay. Full moon in Libra. When you look up your birth chart, and you can even probably peek at yours right now, you'll see when you're looking at it, and I should just revert back that, make sure you're pulling up a whole sign house system, because um, it's going to put all of the signs into the houses neatly. Okay, yes, One, it is. Versus something like Placidus or other systems, which are great, but this, is, this doesn't necessarily work quite as well. So Libra is in a specific house in your chart. Can you see which house it's in? How do I know? what Libra looks like. So Libra is, I oh, mean, is like it a kind of like symbol. a wave with a line at the bottom of yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. It is in the ninth and a little bit in the eighth. Okay. So, and that's, are you playing it from Channy's website? Astro. Or are you playing it from 
Okay, so that when it's a little bit in the middle, that means it's a different type of a house system. And so you want to pull it in order to apply it in the way that I like to do it. You like to use a whole whole side. Okay. So let's say it's in the ninth, um, right in the ninth neatly. When we're looking at the birth chart, there's lots of things happening. You've got your planets and we think of the planets as like the players on the stage. They're the actors. Hello, I'm here. I'm the sun. This is who I am. The sign that it's in is the costume that it wears. So if your son's in Gemini, which yours is, it wears this costume of intellect, of big ideas, of versatility. If when from there, it's in a house, okay? So you've got your son in Gemini in a specific house. Let's say it's in the third house. Um, or let's put it in the second because I think it's, this is more tangible. So the second okay. house, the second house, the houses are an area of your life, okay? The second house is money. So okay. if you've got the player on the stage, the costume that it wears and the stage that it's on or the area of your life, that's the house system, okay? So now you've got, Libra, you've got the full moon in Libra, which is happening on Saturday. Where the heck is Libra in my chart? Okay, for you, it's in your ninth house. Yeah, That means that you're going to do some release around the ninth house, which is if you're like, I don't know what that means. Just Google it. Ninth house astrology okay. is all about adventure. This is where this is the world of Sagittarius. So adventure, travel, wow. spirituality, wisdom. So you might be doing some clearing like, how can I clear out some of the things that are just taking up too much time for me to really experience true adventure right now or, or experience true deep wisdom and spirituality? Yeah. So what? whenever there's something happening in the sky at a given moment, you can apply that to your chart by seeing which house it falls okay. into. That again, a little okay. bit more advanced, but yeah. once you get it, you're like, oh, this is sweet. This, this is makes fun. sense. I love that because- we're leaving for va- like two weeks of vacation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it just Isn't that funny? Like perfect sense. Yes. That's <laughs> outrageous. Like we haven't traveled in years because of the pandemic. And now we're yeah. going to Disney World and then Colorado the week after. Oh my God, fun. So it is happening. Um, that's so-, so do a little clearing. Okay. Do a little bit of like what, I mean, truly it can be as tangible as like, what do I not need to pack? Yeah. Right? Like what just yeah. like, what's just auxiliary here? And also what sort of baggage meant just, you know, <laughs> the idea of baggage. Can I let go of as I move on this like next fun adventure? Yes. I love that. So what else is happening in the, the collective sky right now? Is there anything like for us to look forward to anything for us to like, think about, I mean, we're recording this in April 14th and it will probably come out in May, but, but what's happening? Yeah. What can we look forward to? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a super cool year to me. I'm excited. Like there's, it, it's a lot, you know, there's a, we've had a couple rough years. Let's just say that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Astrologically, again, the, the friend of mine who really got me into astrology, she, two years ago when she saw what was coming. She didn't know it was going to be a global pandemic, but she, she planned a birthday party that was um, like a doomsday themed birthday party because she was legit. Like, I mean, you can just see this stuff. It's like, this is going to be really challenging. We don't know what it's going to be. Right. You don't know the details, but you know, the energy that's coming basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So we've had a couple pretty challenging years to be expected. Right. And this year, 2022 
has a, a lot of shifts. Is it all smooth sailing? No, never is. That's not real life. But the things that are are just really feel good is at the moment, as we're speaking in April, Jupiter, the planet of luck and abundance, is in the sign of Pisces. This is its home sign. This is where it feels good. This is where it thrives. And so the planet, the big benefic, the planet that brings us all the good things, feeling good is, is a blessing on all of us. And sometimes Jupiter is, not sometimes, always, Jupiter is is a lot. Jupiter is just a big energy. And it was funny because the like around the time that Jupiter moved into Pisces was when COVID got super bad in the US, like around the holidays, just like yeah. really like a lot. But ultimately it it helped us kind of bring it back down, right? Like we needed it to weaken in a way. Yeah. And so that's sometimes how Jupiter works is like, okay, let's bring the blessings, not always the easiest in that moment, but this is ultimately a really great thing. So it's in Jupiter, it's in Pisces through April into May. And at this very moment, um, Neptune just shifted into this as well and adding this extra layer of spirituality of, of this like deep um, cathartic connection to things that we can't see. Nice. It's a It's a great time for people like you and me because a lot of people are just like waking up to this this connection to something so much bigger than us. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, the, that's the the zone that we're in. But come May 10th, Jupiter shifts into Aries. And Aries is the sign of action, of, of moving forward, of okay. taking big leaps and being brave. And, and again, sort of like that forward momentum. So we're going to feel that. We might feel it, it speed up things a little bit. If you're working on projects at that time, um, you might all of a sudden feel them start to take off. So that's May 10th through the summer. And then it shifts back into Pisces at the end of the I year. I love that for summer because I'm a seasonal person as well. A lot of my business focuses on the seasons and summer is the season for getting out there do it following yes. your dreams. So it's, it's so interesting that like the planets are lining up at to offer that energy right at the season where it's natural anyways. Yeah. It's like hot girl summer for sure. It's going to yeah. be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can see again, where are these energies hitting my chart? Where is Pisces in your chart? What house is that in? So what area of your life is this impacting the most? Oh, Aries, okay. when it shifts yeah. into Aries yep. in May, where is Aries? So Aries for me is in my first house. I'm an Aries rising. And so it's a lot about like an identity shift, almost like a rebirth. Mm -hmm. I'm in this, this stage of deep, deep rest because in my um, Pisces oh, is yes. my 12th. And you're in your sense. You'll I'm be like, in your third trimester. So you really do need to be resting. I'm so rest. Yeah. I'm now like fully in it. And yeah. come May, June, this nugget will be here. And that's again, this like rebirth and yes. it's wild how it lines up. It just, it, I know. Yes, that is so wild. That makes me want to see. So Pl Pluto, are you saying what house is your Pluto? Is Pluto Pisces, in? Pisces. Pisces, okay. Um, what does Pisces look like? Pisces oh, the, is like the, the squiggly. Two, Okay. Okay. I need to get the other chart because it's in yeah. exactly between seven and six. So <laughs> it's like right down the middle. So I'll, I'll get the other one and go back and listen and, and look at it again. Cause this is yeah, that's so why I like Chani, Chani's content. Cause again, it's in this whole site 
sign house system. Those the ones you're looking at are not not wrong. It's just a different yeah. way of interpreting it. But for those of us that kind of want to do it on our own, it's one of the cleaner ways to do yep. it. Okay. And how would you interpret like a house that has nothing in it? So I actually had this question last night. That's a great question. So you have, you're made up of all 12 signs. You have all of the signs in your chart. You may not have a planet in a house or in a sign and that's okay. Um, that doesn't necessarily really mean anything. Ultimately it's that okay. the sign, you know, when something shifts like an energy, a collective energy that's happening right now shifts into a sign and you don't have a planet there. You just apply it to that house, like that energy to that particular part of your life. Okay. Um, it doesn't necessarily like mean good or bad. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah. Cause mine is like all on the top and it's totally empty at the bottom. I'm okay. thinking like, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, and what about, how can we look at where are like earth, water, fire? What is, how does that relate to like our personality and how we take care of ourselves? Yeah. So the, the elements are, there's four elements and all 12 signs. Like I mentioned, we were made up of all 12 signs and somewhere in the chart. When we use the birth chart to see, okay, I've got some planets here in earth. I've got some planets here in fire. I don't have any planets here in air. You can see where that balance plays out. And those of us, many of us are more dominant in one element and have some less in other elements. And it's funny because when, you know, people will are so quick to interpret their chart as like, there's something wrong. Like, Oh, right. you know, this is, I'm low She's in so air. Fiery. Yeah. <laughs> your chart is perfect. There's nothing ever wrong with your chart. What's so cool about understanding your chart is that you realize, say you are someone who's relatively low in air, you're going to find people in your life or practices or, or, you know, even just like actual physical air energy to balance that out. Often I see it show up as like really close partnerships, friends that you've like, okay, I'm, I'm a pretty watery person. My husband is extremely earth. Mm. And so we really balance each other mm. out. So just know that there's nothing wrong with your chart. It's just yeah. that that's a little bit lower. When we look at the four elements they're they're one of the best places to to really understand like how you're made up of all of these different things and how you can strike balance within yourself. So let me just go over what the four elements are. So you okay. can have an idea. Um, we'll start fire is really about change. It's about action. So if you're heavy in fire, somebody who's got a lot of energy and you want to go out and you want to use that for something, maybe it's physical practice, maybe it's creative. Um, but there's, this is where we think about action and change. The next one, the opposite of fire is air. Air is intellect. Air is ideas and socializing and communication. So someone that's really dominant in air is going to really thrive on learning new things and being able to like share with other people. I think about like, if you're heavy in air, you're going to love like a really sweet book club where you can mm. talk about whatever you actually want without judgment, right? You can just yeah. share those ideas yeah. and gather yeah. others. Um, water, water's emotions. So if you're having in water, you're going to really feel the feels. You're going to be connected to that to an intuitive side of yourself. There's going to be where some of that psychic energy comes in. Somebody who is water dominant, you know, really needs to nurture themselves with rest, with moving through those emotions and moving maybe, you know, in a little bit of a slower way in order to tap into those rather than just setting them aside. 
And then the opposite of, of water is earth and earth is really grounded, really pragmatic about, you know, success and like what to do, what's the next best step, earthly body. How do we, how do we nurture this like earthly body and someone that's dominant in earth is you know, often really, um, really thrives on being in nature and spending time with the senses, with that physical sensation. So those are the four elements in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those are, those are, those are self-care strategies. If you're heavy totally. on earth, you, mm-hmm. you can bring more nature into your life indoors and outdoors. I also love what you said about there is no bad chart for starters. No. And personally, like you can interpret think like you think of Gemini as super social and you know I think of myself well I'm not an extrovert I am not super social but I am super connected to other people Mm -hmm. so like the one-on-one conversation small groups like that's where I love and that is super social but if I just were to look at it on the surface I think a lot of times Gemini's get like the always out, do you know, that kind of energy, which I I don't necessarily have, but I am filled up by social interactions. I just had to like kind of look at it a little bit differently to see, oh, that is me. That is myself. Yeah. It's so easy to stereotype all of these things. And remember, your sun is one piece of the chart. A Sagittarius moon is fiercely independent is somebody who likes to really recharge alone and actually air signs oh, as a wow. majority yeah. recharge alone you know these okay. are yeah but it's when you look at a chart as a whole you get to see the nuance you get to yeah. see all of these details and like I said that's where that validation comes in yeah. that's where you're like oh, there I am that For makes so much sure. sense I have a friend Tiffany her name is Tiffany and she's an astrologer <laughs> and last summer I started this podcast because I felt like, oh, I'm just feeling like I need to start this podcast, but I wasn't sure why. So I just barely started it. It was like a seed. And she, we did like a trade. She, I gave her my products and she gave me a birth chart reading. And she was saying something about my North node and, and she, whatever she saw, she said, I really feel like you're, something in here is saying, educate. You got to reach people. Oh, yeah educate, um, spread your message. (laughs) And she didn't know that I was like trying to start this podcast. Oh my gosh. So it really felt like validation. It felt like I, okay, that is actually the path you're supposed to be on. Um, it took me another six months to get really get there, but it was a lot of validation. It was a lot of, um, really amazing to look at my daughter's birth chart Oh my gosh, right? See how to, oh, okay. Of course she's like, she, this is her personality. Of course that it just makes you able to connect more in a more understanding, compassionate, loving way when you can really see into them like that. Yeah. That's been, you know, for parents that are listening, one of the best parenting hacks that (laughs) combining with astrology is to look at the moon of your child's birth chart. Because what the moon says is one, it's where they feel safe, right? They feel safe with mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they do. Yeah. That the moon is mother, but it's also how they view you 
Okay. So let's, so my daughter, um, Lily's moon's in Leo and Leo is this like bright and shiny and like kind of extra sign, a little bit over the top. So I know that she views me as this bright and shiny, but also the shadow side, because there's a light and a shadow to every single piece of the chart. The shadow of that is to be like over the top too much. Right. So I, I tried knowing that, especially when she's like around her friends to kind of pull back a little bit, right? Like, I don't need to be that super extra. I mean, like, look at me. I'm like, so extra, like, like pull back a little and like, let her shine knowing that. Oh my gosh. What a blessing. It's amazing. Yes. To her and you, because you don't take, you don't have to take anything personally. You just, you see ahead of time what she needs. What would a moon in Pisces be? Just curious. That's my older daughter. Yes. So, well, she feels safe in that, like sort of go with the flow connection to the unseen. Pisces is very empathic, especially in the moon. Oh, yes. I bet her dreams are flipping wild. I cannot. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. She's a huge empath. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. She sees you though. She sees you in that Pisces light. She sees you as a spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. She sees you full of that, that, you know, kind of psychic energy. Um, And in the shadow side, kind of the the cautionary would be to Pisces tends to escape in a negative sense. It's just like too much at times, right? To be a Pisces as you feel all the feels. And so that escapism or like pulling back almost too much mm-hmm. would be the shadow side of that, um, of that Pisces, but how would knowing, you address I mean, that just out of curiosity, because she does do that when she feels things, she has very big feelings. She always has. Um, but yeah, that is a definite characteristic of her when it gets too much, she is closes down. She's yeah. out of there. She's closing her door. She just needs to disengage allow is that a, is that a good way to cope with that energy I think I mean as far as Pisces goes it's it's so personal but it's mm. where it gets a little murky for Pisces is when escapism is is no longer filling up the cup right it's one yeah. thing to say I need some alone time give me a moment to recharge give me a moment to just be with my thoughts and my emotions heck yes healthy right where it gets a a little bit tougher and what we see, and I don't want to generalize Pisces in general, but Pisces find something to escape. And then if they choose that over real life, that's when it becomes a problem, whether that be through like zoning out in front of the TV or like as later in life, often um, some sort of substance, you know, right. That's like, it's so easy to tune out that way. Yeah. The Pisces that can figure out, oh, right. Like this is how I recharge. I take a bath. I get my alone time and then I can come back. They're so magical, but it's a, it's a big burden it's to heavy. have. A lot yeah. Of yeah. yeah. So for you as the parent too, consistency, right? We're talking about consistency right. of podcasting. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. just like, you don't necessarily have to like hold her hand, but literally like I'm here. If you need yes. me, I'm here. She knows that we are so- Super, super close. I, someday I'd love to have our charts read together. Oh, yeah. To like a synastry report? That yeah. Like how you guys interact together because I'm very close with both of my daughters, just super, super tight. Audrey's my first. And I, I feel like there's just some sort of super deep soul connection. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe we've known each other before or something. You for sure. Yeah. Have. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This was 
so amazing. I could ask you a million more questions. You have such awesome information, but um, just a few quick wrap up questions. What are sure. you reading right now? Or, or I mean, probably don't have a lot of time to read, but what's your book recommendations? I know you I read constantly. Juicy, um, <laughs> romance. Yes, novels. You're so right. You're so right. I like, I'm such a reader. Um, and I'm, you know, you spoke to a good point. A lot of us don't have time for these things and we can make time, even if it's yeah. five, 10 minutes, right? These are just important. So on my like steamy romance side, not even like this one's not super steamy, but I'm reading uh, Malibu Rising at the moment. We just went on spring break and I'm needed a little fiction. Yeah. And then on the nonfiction, I'm trying to read like kind of during the day, more of like work-related stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, what is it that I'm just started? Oh, The Book of Lymph. <laughs> oh, by I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but it's it's really like the some self care practices around stimulating the lymph system and um, the lymphatics, and it's so yeah, I I'm very very so pregnant and struggling yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about podcasts? What what are your go to podcasts? Oh, I like you. I bet you listen to a gazillion. I listen to mm-hmm. so many. I like to balance them. I love to learn about the science of wellness and the science of self-care. Um, so some podcasts like the Huberman Lab is really interesting to me, Dr. Andrew Huberman. I really love when I just want to like be a bougie LA mom, which I am not. I'm in <laughs> Minnesota. I listen to the Skinny Confidential. Okay. Um, what else do I like? I love almost 30. Those yeah. girls are my yeah. my mentors and coaches and I, they're amazing and they, they bring a really interesting insight. So those yeah. are my, some of my top I ones. I love those. I'll write those down. Um, and how can people work with you? I know you have a bunch of great offerings. Are you taking a break? Just I don't think I'm gonna. Okay. <laughs> I've seen your chart somewhere, I'm sure. Take, <laughs> I know, my Capricorn moon is like, don't do it. I will likely take a a month or two off from doing a lot of like coaching work, um, okay. but the podcast will still keep going. So if between now and when the baby doesn't get here until late June, so we've okay. got a little bit of okay. time. If you would like to work together, get a birth chart reading or do some cosmic self-care work, um, you can find me at my website. My name, it's my name, ashleysondergaard.com. You can follow along on Instagram. And again, it's my name, ashley.sondergaard. The podcast is called yoga magic. And it's a weekly show all about self-care and self-discovery. Really lots of different ideas. Today I'm chatting with somebody about food and hosting. Next Ooh. week's about crystals. I mean, it's just all over the place I love it. and it's, it's really fun. So you can check out the podcast um, at yoga magic podcast and yeah, try to just try to love, I love meeting new people. That's how we met yeah. right on the yeah. Instagram. So yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm definitely going to take your services up and maybe would you do um like a mother daughter oh my gosh I'd love to okay maybe I could do one with each of my girls and you know what I know this is just going way down the path now I would love my girls to have because they are have a soul connection the two of them they are sometimes like one person and I would just be so curious to see you can just go so deep with it there's just so much so yeah, that would be great. Let yeah, awesome. Oh, well, thank you so much. This was unbelievable. So fun. You have so much valuable information to share. Oh, thanks for having me, Tiffany. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you again for joining us this week. 
Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can receive new episodes right when they're released. I am just so grateful to everyone listening. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to ask you to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Reviews are one of the major ways that Apple ranks their podcasts. It only takes a few seconds and it makes a huge difference. So thank you again for joining me, Tiffany, on this episode of Self-Care Simplified, and I will see you next time. Thank you.